What is up, debutantes, detards, and dimwits? Welcome to another episode of Pyre Radio. Uh, like I said, true to my word, we're doing profiles on people in San Francisco all across the Bay involved in music, involved in the music scene, involved in shows, bands, artists, all that jazz, all that good stuff. We have today here with us Ross from, you may know him from Radio Valencia. Uh, you may also know him from Mission Bar, where he is the best bartender, I have to say. I'm the best when I'm working. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I uh, wanted to give him a quick introduction. Ross, one of the first people I met uh, during my time. There we go. Ooh, beautiful ending. Ross was one of the first people I've met during my time uh, here at San Francisco, here in San Francisco. Uh Great guy, and yeah, you want to say a few words? Good morning, good morning, good morning. You happen? Ah. Um, try that bed music. Oh, you want to you wanna bring it down to something? Smooth. There we go. Perfect. Hi, folks. Good morning, San Francisco. My name is Ross Fullerton. I'm one of the bartenders over at the Mission Bar. I'm also a bar, uh, uh, one of the DJs at Radio Valencia. I've been there for three years. My DJ name is Rocker Smooth, and my show is called The Balcony. It's on Thursdays, uh, 10 a.m. to noon. I met Rome at the Mission Bar. We have a similar interest for radio, and I'm super psyched to be here this morning. Good morning, yeah. San Francisco. Good morning, right. San Francisco. So uh, we uh, we were just talking about you know what we wanted to do for the show, and I was asking you like, oh, are you going to play some music? And you're like, no, nah, this isn't. You know, I got I got what you were saying now about how you're doing profiles of people in the city and everything. And so you texted me some questions, and I got I really tried to be diligent, do my homework. You know. Do your due diligence. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. At least you're not getting investigated for Russia ties. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. Is that a good intro? I mean, is that yeah, a good basis? Yeah, of... this is fucking sick. Yeah, I, I do like a rock it. show. And we can cuss, too. You oh, know, okay. It's like, you know, it's internet radio. There's no FCC. Right. Unless, you know, there's some regulation, in which case I'm sorry. No. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm like, the show is all about you. Want to talk about you, your life, how you got involved in music, why you love it, kind of go through your background, your history. Sure. So why don't you start off with giving us like an introduction about yourself. Tell us about like, what's your life story? Where were you born, bred, and raised? I was born in uh, Morristown, New Jersey. I moved out of Jersey Morristown. Boy. I'm not, I'm not though, because I, <laughs> I left. I left when I was five. My parents moved from New Jersey to Charlotte, and that's where I grew up, and that's where I'm from. I'm from Charlotte, 704. I got the Charlotte tattoo. Hey, repping, um, steady repping yeah. Charlotte. I lived in Charlotte till I was about 21 or 20. So I, I've actually been in San Francisco longer than I was in Charlotte. I can get a 415 tattoo and now it would be, <laughs> it'd be justified. But I grew up in Charlotte and uh, I went to um, very diverse schools that had a lot of different, you know, they had they called it EMS programs or no, e, e, ESL, English was a second language. So, you know, I had a good mishmash pot pit pit of mu different music. A nice know? old American mixing pot. Yeah, you know? really. So that was Classy. that. It really helped out. My parents really liked music. I know everyone says that, but my parents, and we'll get more into that in a second, but like my parents really listened to music and took me to a large number of shows all throughout my young ages. Oh, sick. Saw a lot of shows. And, um, well, let me ask you something. Yeah. Did you, so the music your parents were listening to when you were like going to shows and when your parents were like playing this music, were you like, oh, hey, like 
fuck this shit. I'm not into this. Like, I'm into, like, this stuff and this stuff. Or were you more like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, the introduction to music for me. Like, did you base your taste off of, like, the negation of your parents' taste? Or was it more of, like, yeah, like, I love this. Like, my parents got me into this. I love this. And I also love this. I think that, I mean... It's hard, somewhat hard to answer just because of the <laughs> hindsight factor of it. Right, but you know, when yeah. you're young and you think you know everything about music, I actually don't think, I think I was smart enough to 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 make sure that I, I didn't know enough and I never thought I knew enough. And I knew that starting on this musical journey to learn music for the rest of my life, and I always try to think that my parents know more about this now at my young age than I do. Interesting. Yeah, and then I thought that, you know, and obviously as a teenager, you you branch out and you want to listen to your own music and, you know, kind of be rebellious about it. You know, it's like my, my parents really embraced the fact that, you know, they were around for this, you know, the birth of rock and roll, you know, that they were, you know, they're, they're both baby boomers. So, you know, it was Motown, doo-wop, Beatles, you know, Damn, your parents had good taste. You didn't even have to. You didn't even have to be. No, exactly. That. You didn't even have to worry, man. Yeah. It's very, it's interesting. Like, I always bring up that question because... You know, when I was younger, my my dad was like really into like blues, really into jazz. Uh, we actually met BB King in one week back when Damn. we lived in Tennessee. Yeah, back in the day, we went to his club because I was doing a school project, and we we're like, "Oh, we're doing this project on BB King." Like his club was in Tennessee, it was in uh, Memphis, and we we're like trying to do some research. Like, you know, we just want to learn a couple things about him. Is there anything you can tell us? And the guy was like. Well, he's in the back. Like, do you want to, like, just go in there? Wow. And my dad was, like, freaking out. But I was like, ugh, dude, I don't know anything about this guy. I just know, yeah. like, just know he's an artist, you know? And so, I don't know. As I grew older, you know, like, when I was younger, I was just like, oh, my parents have such weird taste in music. My dad really liked, uh, who's that guy? Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. John Cougar. John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. 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 John, my dad loved John Cougar Mellencamp. He was really into that. Loved, loved uh, Billy Ocean. Uh, love Sade, love like all this, all this crazy stuff. And I really like negated that taste. And I was like really into like metal and electronic music. But as I grew older, like now I'm fucking love that shit, dude. I cannot get enough Billy Ocean. Like, <laughs> Eric Clapton, my dad loves Clapton. I was like so against it when I was a kid. Fucking love it sounds like your parents dude. had good musical taste too. Yeah, I just didn't appreciate it. I was right. just a little brat. <laughs> I was influenced more by teenagers. I'm an only child, so I didn't have brothers and mm. sisters. I was more influenced by the neighborhood kids and what they were listening to. I always liked my parents' music, and I didn't try to purposely rebel against it. I just knew that even I, I knew that back then that like if I'm gonna take music seriously and learn music, that you know, there's so many outlets of music that are gonna that are gonna be able to hit me. You know, I'm going to hear it for so long on so many different levels. I mean, I remember in seventh grade, we got a cassette tape in our neighborhood of um, Easy E's, Easy Does It. And it, it, was a, it was a tape of a tape of a tape of a tape that made it all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. And I just remember thinking, there's going to be a lot of this coming down the pipeline. Nice. You know, not just Easy E, but just like, you know, new music, new musical influence. Well, that is actually a great segue uh, into kind of our first question gave this guy a round of questions just to kind of test his musical taste yeah <laughs> definitely um so one of the first questions i wanted to just like lay on you and hear about was what is one of the first songs you remember if you can kind of tell us that memory if you as as best as you can yeah you know? two there are two of them i mean my first memory of music uh with my parents is uh they would always put me up to the speaker and on the the uh stevie wonder stevie wonder wonder album 
um, that has Isn't She Lovely on it. The beginning of the album, if you YouTube it or whatever, like this one, you're, you can't really hear it as much. But when you play the actual album, you can hear the baby crying longer in the beginning and also the end of the song. And so that's oh, that's what interesting. I th- never realized that about that song. Yeah. Oh, he's talking about his daughter. He's talking about his daughter and the birth of his daughter. Oh so my it starts out. God. Yeah, it starts out with a baby crying in the beginning <laughs> and the end of the song. The radio edit version that we've heard a million times doesn't have it nearly as much, but when you play the album it has it more. Interesting. So they would put my ears up to the speaker and I would want to hear the baby cry. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a really sweet memory. That's uh, that's heartwarming. Well, my my mom loves telling this story to people that when I when they brought me home from the hospital, I wouldn't sleep, and I didn't sleep for almost like two weeks. I I was premature for a month. I was small, so I had to be in the incubator. And they brought me home. You're supposed to be sleeping all the time and resting and all that crap, whatever. But I I couldn't sleep, and my mom figured it out immediately. She was like, I have to. So she went to the store and she bought a radio, and she put a radio next to my crib and just kept the radio playing all night long. And I would sleep all night to it. Ah, and they were from like, birth. From birth. From birth. Needed music. From birth. Needed music. <laughs> yeah. It was the fucking remedy. Well, right. with that being said, I think yeah. this is a great time to uh, pop in Isn't She Lovely? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you guys for listening. This is... Thanks for having me on. Higher Radio.
mistake on my part. I was part. telling jokes in Rome. Just <laughs> laughing so hard. I was laughing so hard. I just knocked this shit right, right the fuck off. Uh, but yeah, so you know, you told us a little bit about your first album. The you told us a little bit about the go, the first first song you liked, Stevie Wonder. Now we're gonna move into the second one. Which is I, I was in the. I was probably like five or six. I was in some grocery store or a drug store in uh, North Carolina and uh, I remember some lady in the grocery store I was standing with my mom in line and I was singing the song and the lady goes you know how to spell Saturday and I said I do my favorite song is Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers uh. and, it's, and, and I was all proud that I knew how to spell Saturday and this was my jam Oh, man. I was so into it. Nino Ross. Yeah. Nino Ross. Okay, so we are going to queue up Bay City Rollers Saturday night. I had this 45. Do you know what a 45 is? Oh, uh, it's the like really, really <laughs> thick. It's really thick. Oh, no, no. no. Old 45s. They're, the, they're for the jukeboxes, right? They're small records. Yeah, but for jukeboxes specifically? Well, I mean, Am you I? could. Yeah, for jukeboxes yeah. back then, but also like, you know. People used to buy 45s. Yeah, because then they could use it on the fucking... Um, well, they would like a single of a song. It was only one song, yeah. Two songs and a two sides. Oh, two sides. Millennials. Yeah. Whoa! Oh, whoa. my lord. Okay, so We're had, more evolved. Right, okay, right. so just a little bit of context. I uh, So I like sent these questions to Ross, right? And then I put like album and CD in one question. And... Honestly, I feel like everyone my age uses album and CD interchangeably. Everybody does that now. But Ross was like, but I was like looking at it this, and I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. I think I made a mistake. I like gave you album and CD. I just meant, you know, CD, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, dude, an album is a. An album. A, an album is like a. A piece of vinyl. A, a viney, you know? Yeah. Like, and I was like, what? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I just, I didn't know vinies were called albums. Right. I just, I just call everything an album. Like, any, like, set of music is an album to me now very embarrassing thank you thank you for that, that was, <laughs> no it's all good that was, um, uh, but yeah the first album is definitely different from the first cd for me mm. yeah see because i never i could never i never had a viney so right like the first cd i always bought was always like you know like oh we'll get to this we'll get to this eventually but yeah i never had you know i never had a viney i have one now you buy vinyl now yeah yeah i actually have uh what do I have on vinyl right now? I have Luther Van Ross. Uh, I have uh, Chopin's Nocturnes by Rubenstein, which is the best version. 
of Chopin's Nocturnes. Absolutely the cleanest, best versions of Chopin's Nocturnes. I have Cherry Glazer's uh, Apocalyptic. And I have... Ooh, it's a small collection. Oh, man, what's the last one? What is the last one I have? I have Hank Williams. Mine's smaller. Mine's zero. <laughs> I have I own two CDs and zero albums. That's like... Isn't that, like, so millennial that I fucking have yeah. this by me, but I don't know what an album is right. called? And, like, you have all this musical history and right. you don't own I, I don't own anything. It's all on the phone now. <laughs> yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it is. What a it's time so to be good. alive, America. All right, let's cue it up. Let's play some Bass City Roller. You got it? Is it good? Saturday night. Awesome. Yes, sir. I love this track. This is Pyre Radio. That was... Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. Uh, that was Saturday night? Saturday night. This is Saturday night. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Night. <laughs> Bay City Rollers, baby. 
Bay City Roller. They were like a Scottish, um, you know, they were like a knockoff of the Beatles, basically. They were like a, no, they were a boy band, a boy rock band of. Um, the early, an early boy rock band. Yeah, totally. You know. After the Beatles. After the Beatles. Yeah, you know. They were early, uh, you know, 76, 77, 78. Yeah, the Beatles you know. kind of like popularized that. I think people band, forget so. who rag on boy bands that the the biggest band in the entire universe ever was a boy band. Yeah. You know, I mean, they ended up being a rock and roll band later on and showed a lot more influence in how they could navigate album mm-hmm. to album through that. But believe me, I mean, you know, when they toured for two years strictly in Germany playing pop songs, that's where they were just, you know, cutting their chops. You know, that was their college, if you will. You know, mm. I mean, this isn't a show about the Beatles. That's my, that's my other, other, other podcast. That's, right? that's, the, that's podcast three. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Give another plug to your show real quick. Uh, my show is called The Balcony. It's on Thursdays, uh, 10 a.m. to noon on Radio Valencia. Uh, last week, just for an, like an example, how like my first year on my show, I tried to play like rock and classic hip hop. And then I, I look back on that first year and I just thought, man, I really kind of pigeonholed myself. I played good music that I liked. But I always try to remind myself that no one wants to hear what I want to listen to in that much, that much of it. Quantity in that quantity, (laughs) you know. So I started to branch out and started playing like I broke down a bunch of hip hop records and did a lot of the samples from some classic hip hop records, and that taught me so much new music. So now I try to just not pigeonhole it as much. So I, you know, I tell I tell people I play classic rock, I play classic hip hop, and then you know, funk, soul. Funk and soul, which yeah. kind of uh, transitions us to yeah. the music that, you know, your parents listened to, the music that really got you involved early on. Tell us a little bit about, like, what some of those, what what was the, what were the things you were hearing in your household? We heard a lot of uh, Rita Coolidge, Captain and Tennille, Boss Skaggs, Earth, Wind & Fire was a humongous influence. Um, that was also one of my first concerts. My parents took me to a lot of concerts in the old Charlotte Coliseum on Independence Boulevard, oh. which probably sat back, I don't know, back then maybe 6,000, 7,000 people. I thought it was I thought it was like where the Olympics were held. I thought it was so big. <laughs> now, looking back on it now, it's like nothing. That's like, what? what is the Bill Graham seat like? About, I don't a know. Bit, a little bit around there, like around 6,000. Maybe the Fox. No, the Fox is not that big. I don't think the Fox could be that big. It has to be the big Yeah, I mean, I, I know now the Charlotte Coliseum holds like 25,000 people. It's like Giant Stadium or yeah. whatever it's called now. Nice. But, yeah, my, so my parents listened to a lot of, you know, they were always listening to music. They took me to a lot of shows. I went to a bunch of Earth, Wind & Fire shows with them. Um, a Billy Joel was a big influence. Rod Stewart, Elton John. And also every act that I've named, I can remember seeing with my parents. And I have a program to back that up of everyone. Which one are you looking for? Uh, yeah, I'm just. Uh, are these in order? Oh no, though. You want some parent stuff? Yeah. Go to the bottom on there. There'll be a Boss Skaggs one that should be next. Boss. It'll probably be the last one on there. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nice. Okay. Uh, Boss Skaggs. Of course, who I didn't know at the time was from San Francisco. You oh, know. I did not know that either. Oh yeah, and then you know, do you know who his son is? No. His boss son, Boss Skaggs' son. His name's Ricky Skaggs. He's a award-winning cow, uh, country singer. Oh, Ricky Skaggs. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, man, I've got to have heard one of his songs because y'all know I fucking love. Country. I know. That's why I'm bringing it up. I fucking love country. Yeah. We'll look Did one up in a minute. Did he a big iron on his hip? No, I don't that know. That could have been him. 
But yeah, I his Boscag's his son's a big country country oh, artist. Fuck yeah, we're looking this guy up. Yeah. Hell the fuck yeah, we're gonna look this up. But with that said, let's move into this music because we got some bangers to get there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so this is like, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, we got to play maybe a Billy Joel one next, or no, we'll play one from my mom next. But this is definitely my dad's vein. You know, he's a big Boscag's fan. Boscag's. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna play some Boscag's. Low down. Oh yeah. This is Pirate Radio. Jones for this, Jones for that. This running with the Joneses, boy, just ain't where it's at. You're gonna come back around to the sad, sad truth. The dirty Lord down. Got you thinking like that.
Hello. Hello, Governor. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, how's everyone feeling out there? Uh, I know you guys are listening to the bangers, loving the stuff that's coming out of here. Again, this is your fucking boy, Christo Midnight, <laughs> out here with, that's my, that's my little catchphrase. That's, I like it. It's your fucking boy. Crystal Midnight, Crystal all right. Midnight, Black Jesus. I'm Rocker Smooth. Welcome. <laughs> with Rocker Smooth, yeah. Ross from Mission Bar of Radio Valencia, really going through 
all the emotional music that Bobby loves. <laughs> that makes me me. That makes him him, you know. Right. Really really getting to the nitty gritty nitty gritty of his uh of his mentality around music. <laughs> we were just about we were just like commiserating about uh new age music. Like yeah, that's a downer subject, right? <laughs> like two old men. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. Ross, why don't you take us through a musical journey of what we just listened to? Uh, well, we just finished up some of the parental influences, mm. which were... Um, all right, we started out with uh, Captain and Tennille. And I mean, that's... Uh, what else can you say about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was my mom's jam. You know, They were actually kind of funky for a, for a, a man and a woman back then. So that was pretty cool. Um, Swingers, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the bass lines were, they, it was good. I like how they incorporated the organ, also the keyboards, and that was definitely of the time. Um, obviously, you know, I was born, you know, I grew up in the 80s, so MTV was, you know, I, and I didn't have, I'm an only child, I didn't have brothers and sisters, so MTV was my babysitter for 10 <laughs> years, basically. You know, it's where I learned all my music. Classic so, MTV before all the fucking reality shows and shit. Yeah, when MTV actually played when videos. they actually played music. Right. Jesus Christ, can you imagine yeah. what a novel idea? I think now <laughs> they have MTV that plays all music. It's, it's like yeah, it's premium. It's separate from like regular. Yeah, you got to pay MTV. for it, like MTV Three or something. God, but, it's like yeah. like the idea of okay, so like I don't know, it just like hurts my feelings that they had this sh- this like MTV right at this foundation. I remember staying up late at night to see the rap videos that were uncensored on MTV, and you know like we still had dial-up internet, so it was so hard to watch porn. Like that was like the best. That was right. like the best you were gonna do. Was, yeah. Like, this like ass shaking in this ludicrous video, but now you know like everything is like that. I hate the feeling of like okay, so MTV like I got used to watching mo- watching uh, music videos on there. Then they're like, okay, it's all reality shows, and now we have this premium version of MTV that you can buy. It's like paying for Spotify, like now until the end, until like, till I die. It's like fucking. That's terrifying to me. I don't, well, I don't commit to anything that much, dude. <laughs> well, the joke would be is that like if you paid for it now, what you would get, you'd get new music and you get videos of new music, and anyone who would want to watch videos on MTV would want to watch the old videos mm-hmm. on, on on MTV. Mm-hmm. Basically, you need a time machine. You need to go back to 84 and just watch MTV <laughs> when it was real videos. And Classic. it was really cool. Classic. And when also the shows had like something to do with music, you know, because Beavis and Butthead was like really going through those. Those They had some they had some fucking they were pl- talking about some music on there. Yeah, but talking about something like but that's that's like 10 years later. Yeah, that's I guess like that's, 94. That's my, that's my MTV. Right. That's MTV. I remember. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, so then we, man's MTV. So the, the whole MTV thing. So I. I wish you could see the videos while we were playing them, but that also I grew up with that song, Rod Stewart, Young Turks. I remember the video a lot. And then after that, we heard Crystal Blue, per- Crystal Blue Persuasion, which is by Tommy James and the Shondells. And I think most of the people of the 80s and 90s generation would, would know Tommy James and the Shondells because Tiffany covered their song, you know, the I Think We're Alone Now. Sing it. I think we're alone now. Doesn't seem to be anyone around. You know, like oh, right. I think I remember this song. We, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that she, that was a cover, though. Oh, that's definitely a cover. Oh it's, shit! Yeah. So my mom went to high school with Tommy James. Oh snap! Yeah. Really? Well, actually, Pete Lucia was Tommy James's drummer, and that's who my mom went to school with. Tommy James is a little bit older. They weren't. They didn't know each other. Same high school. But anyway, point being, so. <laughs> 
that's why I play Tommy James and the Shondells. And also that song that you might recognize because over the last five, six years, that song got a big resurgence because it was the last song to be played in Breaking Bad at the end of the season finale. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, that's why I know that song. Totally. I was like, this is super fucking familiar. Right, I mean, Uh. and guess what? I'm going to spoil it because if you haven't seen the end of it, this is five years ago. (laughs) So they made Blue Meth, and at the end when Walter White supposedly dies, the last song is Crystal Blue Persuasion. Uh, So that's why I played that one. And also just because I grew up listening to a lot of Tommy James and the Shondells. Ah, nice, right. nice, classy. So I guess now on our musical journey, I mean, you cause like like we were talking off air, and I was just thinking that like you know, you, I can tell you any first song or first type of genre, you know. So we wanted to do first album and first CD. Yeah, exactly. Right. A little bit of what we talked about before. I know, very embarrassing. I didn't know an album was a viney. Right. I'm I'm, I'm going to take the L on that one. Yeah. But vinyl, <laughs> right? A vinyl, a yeah. vinyl. I don't. I really like the term viney for some reason. It just it really rolls off the tongue. It seems so weird. Whatever uh, you like. <laughs> but we're going to talk about your first vinyl, the first vinyl you owned, right? The yeah, I was still in Charlotte at this point. I was probably around sixth grade, so 11 years old, 11, 12 years old. And um, I had heard other bands that got me into rap before this band. And I actually don't know why I bought this record at the time. I liked other bands more. I don't even know why I went out and bought the Fat Boys record. I went to Eastland Mall. I skated up to Eastland Mall, had my money ready, bought the f- record and took it home. And I remember distinctly listening to it and afterwards thinking, I could have done better. Huh. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. Wow. So not not sold. Not sold. I mean, even now in hindsight that you look back on it, and it was kind of a gimmick record to begin with. Interesting. But... um. I mean, yeah, we're going to play one of the tracks. It Does it stand the test of time? Hey, you're the listener. You, you, you be the judge on that one. But, um, I mean, it's, it's, it, it doesn't hold up as, as much as some other, you know, like like Dana Dane with Fame, Kwame. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, when I, when I first heard Public Enemy, that, that was just a, an introduction to a whole other realm of music. You know, that led me on a completely different path. What was the, tell the story about how you got the easy, did you already tell the story? Did we tell the story on air about how you got the easy E, easy E uh, cassette? And you're like, oh, fuck, this is, I, I'm in it. I'm, 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 I'm in no, the I don't thick think of we, it Yeah, now. no, that, I was in seventh grade then. And that's when we bought the cassette tape that actually was a tape of a tape of a tape of a tape. I don't know how many times, but it was from the West Coast. And made it all the way to Charlotte. We can say that in definitively one, that that's the reason you moved out here. You got you got this tape, you got <laughs> right. this tape like through this weird backhanded right. channel, and you just like got brainwashed right. into like oh, I'm going to move in 13 years to San Francisco. <laughs> Find the origin of this source of this tape. I'm going straight to fucking Compton right. for this fucker. <laughs> no, but when I got that tape, it really you know made me realize that like I'm going to have so many new introductions with music. My first tattoo is a public enemy symbol on my back. When I first heard them, it I can't I don't understand why my first album that I bought wasn't a public enemy album. I <laughs> guess maybe the Fat Boys were just like the new thing at the time. Mm. You know, it's like I remember when I went out and I bought um You had already heard all the public enemy songs. You wanted to check out something I new wanted to that. check out something yeah. new. Yeah. yeah. I could see them until And I they were that. like and also just because they were with they were at that time were with Def Jam and mm. were under the whole 
LL Cool J, Public yeah. Enemy, Fat Boys. At that time, Beastie Boys also were still with Def Jam. So it was just you're kind of buying into that whole label. It's like you know if you're gonna wear Adidas, you're gonna you're gonna listen to Run DMC. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I bought the first. Remember remember the first big female hip hop artist, Yo Yo. Yo 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 Yo. Her her album was called Make Way Make Way for the Mother Load. No. You can't play with my Yo Yo. You don't remember that no, one? Oh, that, I went out. That's that's too dated for me. B. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah. That was Dr. Dre's little hip, the protege. Oh, his little his little yeah. Can't make way for the yeah. You play, can't play with my yo yo. So I went out and I bought that record. Went home and listened to it, and I thought I made another mistake on that one. Too. <laughs> yeah, I think right. the first like female rappers I really actually started listening to were, I mean, naturally like Salt and Pepper, uh, Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott was like that. What's that song where she dresses up as Mega Man? That is easily my favorite music video. Like that is my that's, favorite. That's music a classic video. video. What is that song? Oh my god, this is killing me. It, We're gonna find this. What's shit out. killing me is the is the 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 gap in the the age of the music. Is that like? Because <laughs> I think of Salt and Pepper. I remember sixth grade listening to that. Hot, cool, and vicious was the album produced by Herbie cool Lovebug. Vicious, dude. I love hot, cool. Yeah, and, and like you know that had like I'll take your man on yeah. it. It had some cool shit on it, man. But um. I think the first, the first, I did a show not too long ago about female hip hop artists. Roxanne Shantae was the first one that blew my doors Shantae. off. You know, Roxanne, Roxanne. And then, you know, she was part of the UTFO. Oh, I do actually, I do know Roxanne Shantae, actually. Yeah. I do, I do actually. I remember, I remember that. I didn't like, I'm pretty sure my sister was more into her than I was. My sister's like a couple years older than me. So she was like much more into her. But I do remember my parents being like, turn that the fuck down. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely remember that. I grew up on that. I remember that, you know, there was the real Roxanne and Roxanne Shantae. And they would always battle with each other. And, <laughs> oh, first, man. first rap beefs. But yeah, let's, uh, let's play a little, a little fat boys. You know, yeah, we got to hear one stand, of the fat boys. See song. if it stands the test of time. Right. Here on Pyro Radio. We'll be right back. Enjoy it. This is going to be Stick'em off the Fat Boy's first record. Yo, hook my mic up, please. Make, Kurt, make the bass come out so clear. clear, clear, clear. Please. I'm asking you, KB. 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 Ready? Yeah, ready. With fresh beats and words collide, don't be shown, it's a hop and a fat boy's fast again, ready for this, we give it up, no slacks, you guessed it, the fat boy's on Oh. The king of hip hop, so when the mouth starts to move in, I will not 
<laughs> Hello. What up? Well, what do you think? Did it stand the test of time on that one? Fuck yeah! I actually really <laughs> like Fat Boys, dude. I I really like Fat Boys because I like that like beatboxing rap. I like it's like very Beastie Boyish, you know. I like it. That. Sounds a little dated for me, but yeah. also that was just the sign of the time, the sound of the time. Yeah. Then. Yeah. You know, you can't really judge it by like different, you know, you know, 15 years down the road of hip hop. Right. I mean, like, are they going to sound like some, Far Side some or fucking mumble rapper? Yeah. <laughs> so well, I did a whole nother show. I, check this out on YouTube. Run, D, Run of Run DMC just put out a probably about a 15 minute long video of what he thinks. Yeah, I saw that. It's unbelievably why good. He, why he thinks rap is dying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, I saw that. Like, Deep. It, it was heavy. It and was there's heavy tons shit. of the, these videos of like, you know, people dissecting music and, you know, but the only reason I listened to this one, because this one, A, it matters because he is the most relevant person to answer this question above absolutely anyone else. Living, mm-hmm. dead, it doesn't matter. This dude's opinion on this one subject matters more than anything else. <laughs> he, literally, this we're talking about Jesus, basically, because if he actually wanted to change the the level the, the 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 playing field the game of of music they already did it once 
people don't understand how they are the most influential band of my generation. Second, I think, would be the Beastie Boys. But also, obviously, you learn about the progression of music. You know, if you like this band, you got to listen to yeah, some other bands exactly. because that influenced those guys. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have Run DM, you don't have Beastie Boys. You don't have Run DMC, you don't have Beastie Boys. Hmm, it's, exactly. it's just that simple. I mean, why do you think they're called the Kings of Rock? And they're a rap band. I remember the first time I heard them, and it just, I thought they had such big balls. <laughs> Three black dudes who were going, I'm the King of Rock. And they, in, in the song, The King of Rock, they referenced the Beatles. You know, it's like I was a little too young to understand that they were literally taking a jab at like the white rock and roll world, just basically saying, we're here. You can't ignore us. We're going to be heard. You know, most people have no idea that like they opened up for the Melvins. They opened up for bands at CBGBs. They opened up for like all these hardcore acts. Run DMC did. They went on all the, like, these, these punk tours. And they were always accepted at all these punk shows. Blows my mind. Yeah, Beastie fun. Boys did the same thing. Good music is good music. It really is. Good music is is trans trans space, you know? You know, we talked briefly, and I know we'll play this song in a second, but I was just thinking about this, about you asking me about, should we talk about new music? And I was like, no, because then I'll get all, <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> Not in my backyard. You know, oh, and I'll, I'll just be the old curmudgeon guy talking about the old music. When I, when I first started my sh radio show at Radio Valencia like three years ago, I kept having to try to remind myself, and I tell this to a lot of my viewers all the time, that any form of music that you like, whether it's from country to hip-hop to jazz to pop music, 90% of it sucks. <laughs> it's horrible. Whether, I'm not ragging on you or your music or your musical taste. I'm just stating the evidential fact. Because it's like it's like when an old guy says, "Oh, you know what? They don't make any new. They don't make any good hip hop now." You know what? You're right, and you're wrong though, because they do make good hip hop now. It's just up to you as a real fan to to find, find that ten percent yeah. that's out there. Yeah. Granted, ninety percent of it is not going to be for you. And is it because you're getting older and you're turning into your parents like I am? Yes, <laughs> it is. But also, there is still some good stuff out there. You know, I mean, this is a different genre of music. But like, I recently heard Cage the Elephant. And they blew my mind. They're a great rock band, you know. So there is new new music out there that's good. You just it's it's up up to you to to find it, you know. How often do people? It's I it's, it's like it's like it's like the old guy who comes into the bar and says, you know, I'm not doing well with the ladies. But do you, <laughs> do you talk to them? No, they don't. It doesn't work that way. It's like you gotta you gotta put in the research if you want to get a positive result about it. Put how many the work? Yeah, how many people are like, oh man, there's no good music. Have you actively looked for it? Have you, you know? You know, I will say that, so my my initial, my like fundamental problem is I think that there is good music, right? There, like, if you look at a genre like maybe kind of like dubstep electronica, something like that. So you have like one artist, right? You have like Skrillex who like kind of created the foundation. Uh, you, don't, you don't know this guy. I don't know anything don't about know that guy. music. Uh, so, yeah. so, okay, so you have Skrillex who created the foundation of this music, right? And I don't know, I feel like in the past, whereas people, because it was hard, like everyone wasn't connected, right? One, like you didn't have all these applications that could synthesize music as easily. And two, people were not as connected. So like if someone heard the Beatles, what were they going to do? They were going to sit down and listen to a Beatles song and like play all these chords and like try and figure out like what the what the foundation of the song was so that they could replay it. And like in that process, they discover other stuff. They find stuff that they like, use stuff there. But now it's like, Okay, like you have Skrillex. Oh man, okay, I see. I see what he's doing. I'm gonna download Fruity Loops. I'm gonna take this track, 
put it in there, like break it down to like all its essentials and I can take his exact formula and I can just copy it. And that's why it's like hard for other bands to really like sell out spaces. You know, like most like it's so rare to have somebody who's going to like come out and sell out the Fox or come out and sell out the Bill Graham. You know, it's like that's like a really like a lot of bands nowadays like can't do that because they they're just like a flash in the pan. They're like they're there to get in make some money and get out really quickly, you know? So, you know, like I have, I think that that's like more of the fundamental problem is like things are just, it's much easier to like kind of like create and synthesize music now, you know? Um, I, with that being said, I will say one of the kids I went to school with was Travis Scott. I don't know if you know who this is. He's the guy who got the Kardashian girl pregnant. I actually went to school with him, UTSA. I remember he was a really like... He, his style of rap is very different now that he's public, like, than what it was before. Like, now he's more of, like, mumble rapper, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when he started out, he was, like, very classic rap. It was, like, listening to, like, fucking Bone Thugs or something, you know? It was, like, really, really, like, classic, good foundational rap. Got popular, and I think they kind of, like, perversed his ideas because they were, like, okay, this is, like, what's really getting popular. But, yeah, I do think another part of it, my point is, another part of it is, like, the industry is, like... You know, like, they are trying to... They don't want every artist to get rich, right? They don't want every artist to blow up. They want to, like, have something that they can kind of layer on people. Yeah, they want a lot of one-hit wonders, they I think. They want a lot of... Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that way you don't have to The pay formula them. works. So you're going to have another pop band and another boy band in 10 years. And you just... Then you put another boy band down the pipeline after that. It's like remaking the movies. Because, you know, if you wait 20 years, you have a whole other fan base. So that's why you're going to have to see exactly. Cinderella every 20 years until the earth doesn't exist. Because there's always kids who've never seen it before. It's like, you're not, you know, it's not, not rewriting the, the, the whole theory. You're just, it's already proven, so people do it. Yeah, you just you take know? the foundation and... I mean, why, why do you think it. there aren't... I mean, how many lifelong rock bands are there? Like, I just saw The Dirt on um, Netflix the other day. And I, I've read the book many what, times. What is The Dirt? Oh, the Dirt is the, the, the book by Motley Crue. It came out oh, in 2004. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I, I love this book. It's, I've it's never a, read this. Well, they wrote the book, and then Netflix made a movie of it. I thought it was going to be a series because there's so much in this book. But they, they made this the movie of it. And it was awesome, first of all. But they talked about, even in the, the, in the movie, like how many bands have this lifetime career. You just don't have that many bands that have that. You know, That's an anomaly in the music industry. You know, like Queen or Motley Crue. You know, first of all, there are not many rock bands that that exist that are good that aren't grandfather clocked in. You know, like what name a good rock band that's making music? Someone's like Aerosmith. No, that's a grandfather clocked in. What Rolling Stones. Grandfather clocked in. Angels of Death Metal. Eagles of Death Metal. E Eagles of Death Metal. Excuse they me. They haven't put out a record in a couple of years. Yeah, it's been a little while. I it, mean, they also had that fucking whole crazy. crazy the the Paris happened. thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole thing probably shook them a little bit. I mean, they, they count. They count even more because they're they're queens of the Stone Age, and that's just mm. that's they're actually one of the side bands of Queens, and Queens is a relevant rock band yeah. that still makes music, but they're not that many. So off topic, but like <laughs> yeah, that's why the, you know there's just not that many. The industry doesn't want to you know have another those those few few and far between are going to be those bands that have that longevity of success. Mm -hmm. You know, Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. You know, oh man, I fucking miss them in San Jose. They're one of the best rock bands ever. Me, Who'd they open for? They opened for... They're opening for someone crazy. The Foo Fighters are opening the, for someone? The Food Fighters opened for this guy. I'm trying to think of what this show was, I, man. I, I, oh, the Food Fighters opened for Joy Formidable. 
Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Joy Formidable, honestly. Like, I'm not. I, I saw them at the end day. I was just not a great fan. But they opened for Joy Formidable uh, four months ago. About four months ago. I can't understand why. How how are the Foo Fighters opening up for anybody? Like, Bruh. if if Nirvana Bruh. was still around, they would be opening up for the Foo Fighters, not the other <laughs> way around. Yeah. Well, it's probably because they get a shorter set, you know. Okay. They're probably, they're pro there's probably some business shit on the on the back end that they're probably getting a hefty people. I mean, like people were clearly there to see Foo Fighters. My friend went down there, you know, was like, "Yeah, dude, Foo Fighters killed it," but the crowd like shrunk after that, you know. Yeah, they. they I'm sure they bit, did. You know, but yeah, I, that joyful, middleful band. How many times have they sold out Wembley? I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> None. Donut Zero. holes. You know, I mean, I, they didn't even sell out the indie, so I mean, yeah, just, just to be fair, fair is fair, you know. I mean, the Foo <laughs> Fighters they sell out Wembley, you know. They, I think they did get really popular though during that time because they were like featured on some like some fucking show. You know how it is, like someone comes through in a show and like they something like someone plays their music like in a, like a great scene in a show and people are like, oh fuck, when are these guys touring? Like I'm obsessed with it because yeah. they have an emotional connection just yeah. to that scene, not necessarily to the band right? You know, per se. But yeah, with that being said, let's keep this motherfucking... Where are we going to head now? What do you want to hear? Moving. Now, now that we've heard your first, uh, your first uh, Viney... You want to go to the first CD? Yeah, let's go to the first CD. All right, well, then we, we talked about it. That the, the first CD I actually bought, it was The Wall, and we're not going to play anything <laughs> off that. Oh, yeah, that's true. No. Yeah. But also... I, look, I like Pink Floyd. I want to hear Pink Floyd. You know? I like it. <laughs> I'd rather hear some other Floyd, but but I do remember this, though. You know, do, you know, do you remember, do you know the first CD ever mass-produced? Hmm, first CD ever mass-produced. Shit. Huh. Yeah, know. like, you know, the big transition from vinyl to CDs. The first CD was Billy Joel's Glass Houses. Oh. Yeah, it's the huh. first CD that, you, the CD that little, was available. Little fun facts for you guys. Right. There'll, be a, there'll be a quiz at the end. And I know everyone's <laughs> out there Googling it right now. <laughs> so so I did go out and buy that. It was oh, the nice. second one I bought was that, Glass Houses. Glass Houses. That's the one that you want to feature. You yeah, know, you, definitely. You think the first one was, you know. Well, it, a little too much. It's well, the wall's a double album. That's huge. It is. Have you heard? You know the wall. There's a bunch of. There's about twenty songs that didn't make it on the wall. Oh, oh yeah, because they did a re-release, right? Well, it's, there's a whole another record called the Final Cut. Yeah, Pink yeah. Floyd's the Final Cut. And if you listen to the record, you're I've like, never wow. Listened to the Final Cut. I've only listened to the wall. Listen I've to it, you'll be like, gee, this, this sounds like the Wall. Same recording session, same time. It's like the Beastie Boys did Ill Communication and Check Your Head at the same time. Those are just two albums just released at different times. They're the same album. They just didn't what? want to put out a double album. Interesting. Yeah, Pink Floyd had way more songs for, for The Wall that they could put on a double album. So they put out another album called The Final Cut. That's a good record, too. Okay, okay, I'll look this up. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> my, uh, my first album was actually Daft Punk. Discovery. Oh, that's a classic. Fucking, I remember, so the whole reason I even knew about them, and this is actually the same way I got really into uh, Mike Donny, Mike Dunley. Don, I can't fucking pronounce his last name. It's like whenever white people try and pronounce my name, it's <laughs> fair as fair. But like, I so I'd stay up really late at night. There was this, uh, there was this show for all of you guys that remember on, I, okay. First fundamental aspect of the story. We were moving from 
our first apartment in Tennessee to our first house. And I distinctly remember this. We were moving into this house. It was really late at night, which is the only reason I got to stay up because like we were like moving shit with our parents. They had put a TV upstairs and I was taking a little break watching the TV and it was late at night and the show came on and there's like a spaceship. It was the first time I had seen that there was a show totally dedicated to cartoons, like a TV channel totally dedicated to cartoons because it was the first time we had cable and it was Toonami on Cartoon Network. So if you guys don't know what Toonami is, it was like when Toonami originally started. So when Cartoon Network started, it didn't have Adult Swim, right? Like it was just all Hanna-Barbana cartoons, like 24-7. But they had this really, really late night segment for adults that started at maybe like 10, 11, 30, where they would play Japanese anime and music. And so on this segment, they were actually playing, you know, like uh, the, uh, the Daft Punk album Discovery actually has like a whole series of music videos that was a movie behind it called Interstellar 5555, where like this band gets kidnapped from space and this music producer like brainwashes them into thinking they're humans really really deep shit it was about because you know daft punk started off as like they started off as this like punk band and they got a review that was pretty much like oh this is shit this is this is uh this is this is these are daft punks like daft idiot punks and so they really like the name so they took on daft punk and that's when they started making more electronic music so I saw this video and it was like so emotional and so deep and like what was happening was so sad and like it really reverberated with me. And I was just like, I have, to, I'm obsessed with these people. I have to like, I was like using up, <laughs> my parents could never get on the phone cause I was like researching them. You know, like when you first get really into something and you become obsessed with it and you kind of like drop into the rabbit hole. And especially before, during the time when there was dial up, I was like, fucking in that rabbit hole man i was like in chats i was trying to figure out who these people were i was trying to figure out where they came from i was like doing all this research and I and remember, no one knows by the way yeah and people were just like oh what the fuck i don't know who are these da, 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 da. and then i remember going to walmart one day and i distinctly remember this because it was walmart had gotten the self-scanners it was like the first year that they implemented the self-scanners and i wanted to buy the cd and i was like talking to my mom she's like fuck no put it back like we're not buying your fucking cd what like we got CDs at home. And I was just like, no, I can't, I can't do that. So I went and found a journal and took off the tag. It was a 99 cent journal and slapped the tag on the CD cover, scan that bad boy yeah. through self scan. And I got the CD and I was just running in the rain, fucking running in the rain. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. My mom whooped my ass when I got home. Of she course. fucking tanned my hide, but she didn't make me take the CD back. So they're an <laughs> interesting band. I mean, now you see it with artists like um, Sia, who you know can go to Walmart, which is the whole reason why she does the hair thing in front of her face. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Is, is that her disguise? Like covering her? Face yeah, she there? went on Ellen. My girlfriend loves her. She went on Ellen, and you know she has her hair down to here. And I, I looked at it. You can look it up on YouTube. And she said, you know, no one knows who this chick looks like because <laughs> she said she wants to be able to go to Walmart and shop. That's the whole. That was her reason. <laughs> And she listed bands like Daft Punk as the influence for this, which I think is effing brilliant. Right. I love it. That, that First of all, tickets to see Daft Punk is are like a time machine. They're like tickets to see the Beatles. Because, A, they tour so less. They, dude, they, they don't, rarely, they rarely tour. For like decades. No one knows who they are. Mm-hmm. No one's seen them. Thomas Bangalter, Shadow Man. Dude. It's brilliant. 
You know? Every year during ACL, they'd be like, oh, Daft Punk is playing at the Capitol. And my dumb ass would like run to the of Capitol. Course. And every year I was like, no. Because one year they did have a huge fucking Daft Punk billboard. I think it was the year uh, their most recent collaboration album came out. Uh, oh, I forgot. Or Random Access Memories. Yeah. That was uh, ra- the year Random Access Memories came out. So everybody was expecting them to play at like, it was South by Southwest actually. But they're like, and he, and uh, Thomas ba- Bangalter and I think his name is Jacqui. Jacqui something. But that's they, the band members. Yeah, right. Thomas Thomas Bangalter actually went on to do like more like really dirty grungy electronic music. He was in that uh, movie Irreversible. Like it was a really intense movie. It's a very very intense movie. It's about these two guys who's this guy's girlfriend is assaulted. And they go out to find the dude that did it and pretty much like murder the guy. And it's a it's a grungy movie. But the music, mm. the music fucking makes it because it's all about like they go deep into like the club scene to find this guy. Like he's like a mafia boss or something in the club scene. So they like go find this guy and murder him. So that's what he ended up doing after Daft Punk. Um, and then I think and then like his partner really moved more into producing. He like working with mojo he like produced you know the weekend is a daft punk produced band you know um which is why i like them so much like i feel it coming as you can fucking feel the influence there but enough about me (laughs) i like the weekend a lot yeah i really i really like that i like that guy because of that yeah Um, but yeah enough about me let's uh let's play this let's play this bad boy uh what are we listening to we're gonna listen to this is off my first cd and do you know the 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 album of this i'm sorry do you know the the cover of the album and why it's called glass Ho- glass houses oh. here t- t- i know but uh tell it to our tell it to our here, listeners. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll start it and then you'll see it it's because he's he's holding a rock outside of his house and it's all glass houses and he's about oh. to break it you'll see it yeah there you go this is pyro radio Yeah. 
man based on a plan. There should be no slums in the Matterlands. It's a Hollywood jam.
Hello. And we're back. Welcome back. This is your fucking boy, Christo Midnight, out here with our very own... What's your what's your stage name? Rocker Smooth. Rocker Smooth from Radio Valencia. <coughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you also, for having me on. Hello, yeah. San Francisco. Hello, San Fran. Is that is that cool to say? Is, yeah, totally. Say San Fran. I don't. Be. I feel like I feel like only people who are not from here I've heard say San Fran. Well, I like it. I like both. Like, I'm not going to rag on someone. Just don't call it Frisco. Yeah, I, try to, I, don't, I don't think people do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, also, a quick, uh, quick shout out uh, to someone listening out there. They would be too embarrassed if I said their name, so I'm not going to. But shout out to you, <laughs> Sid. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so smooth. <laughs> not, not my, not my former co-host. Not my former co-host. But yeah, awesome. So why don't you walk us through, walk us through what we just listened to? I know we started it off with your first. What was that first CD, Billy? Yeah, Billy that was Joel. Glass Houses uh, by or Billy second Joel. CD. Second, second CD. CD. Yeah. Second CD. And we heard um, Sleeping with the Television on. That album had a lot of hits. Uh, you May Be Right was one of the big hits. So I just tried to play a track that you're not going to hear on any other radio station. And also, which is a really good track that a lot of people probably haven't heard. Um, so that was uh, Billy Joel with Sleeping with the Television on. Sleeping with the TV. And then we heard, um, let's see. <laughs> I might hear my phone vibrating. <laughs> no, we, heard, uh, we heard Rock of Ages by Def Leppard. That would be like sixth grade for me with the uh, the beginning of the little rock British invasion. And um, yeah, I was definitely a big Def Leppard fan. Then we heard. I can't tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And then after that, we went to uh, the second album of... Um, no, let me think. That'd be the third album, Uplift Mofo Party Plan by um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And uh, that was mm. with their old guitarist, Hillel, who was still with them before he passed away. R.I.P. And that was uh, yeah off uh, Uplift Mofo Party Plan. And then we went to Welcome by 311, and that's also first song, first album. Album is called Music, which I remember thinking at that time, was such a bold statement to call your album, your first <laughs> album, music. And then the first song on the first album is called Welcome. And I always thought that was good. Like, you know, they're welcoming to the show. Oh, you know? nice. And they're a very fan-friendly band to begin with. So, Yeah, little little story about 311. I got the chance to see them at Warp Tour in Houston. I don't remember the show because as soon as they came on, I realized I was blackout drunk. Yeah. And I woke up maybe like... Four or five hours later at my friend's place. They said they had to carry me. So, like, imagine like eight people carrying this huge black guy. You're right. Like, <laughs> fucking like, what? You got to rectify on? that at some point, though. I mean, I know that even if people who aren't big 311 fans, I understand this isn't going to make sense because you're like, well, if I'm not a fan, why would I go to the show? But I've never been in my life, and I've been to a lot, I mean, hundreds of shows where I've never seen a more positive crowd where nice. people literally go there to just get along. It's nice. nice. And I'm sure they go back in the parking lot and probably end up hating each other just like they did before. <laughs> but for that three-hour period, man, when those cats are playing, it really is like mass unity. You know, they put out a, a really good vibe. You know, I, I've, I don't, I'm not old enough to remember this, um, but I've talked to people who are older. I'm 47. I'm almost 50. 
And I've talked to people. But he looks like he's 23. <laughs> right, just so right. everybody knows. I talk to people who, who talk about it like going to a 311 show now is what it used to be like to go to a Bob Marley show in the late 70s. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, right. but now reggae. But now, if you go to a yeah. reggae show, it's a little, it's a little intense. I will say, like right. some of the most violent and worst shows that I've seen or had to like work at or anything like, right. have been some fucking reggae shows. Yeah. Which is f- that's so sad. Yeah, like it defeats. Like if you're gonna go to a reggae show to fight, you should just stay home. Yeah, like, I want everyone to know that right now because. Yeah. It's literally defeating the whole purpose of the music. It's completely, yeah, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like, I yeah. like, people get along better at fucking metal thrasher shows than yeah. like reggae shows, I feel like. It's insane. It just like is insane to me. I've seen shows that have had, I saw a show in Randall's Island, which is the prison island off of Manhattan. And I went, this is probably 92, no, 93. So, uh, Ill Communication is the record, so 94, yeah. And I went and saw Public Enemy, um, mm. Soundgarden, Wu-Tang, oh, Soundgarden. and Metallica. Who, all at who one show. Who in Wu-Tang? The original Wu-Tang. The, the original yeah. clan? Fuck yeah, so Method Man was in there. Oh yeah, and all these people all got along, it was great. You know, music really does bring people together, it really oh, does. Yeah. Hell yeah, unless it's bad music. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you gotta get, out, get it away from that. <laughs> All right, well, then after 311, and then we just heard one more after that, which was uh, we heard the Smashing Pumpkins also. First song, first album, which to me is very important if you're going to go back and like dissect the uh, Ross Fullerton, This Is Your Life of Music. I mean, if you're going to go down that road, I mean, yeah, that's my first introduction. I think Siamese Dream is a better record. Um, 92, just to give you the, the, the layout of the, the musical time, was when Nirvana broke Nevermind, which is a great record. Is it as good as Siamese Dream? No. No. Without a doubt. Clear no. No. Hard no. Clear, hard no. Siamese Dream is a a musical absolute masterpiece. I mean, just the fact that, first of all, it's written by one person. Every note's written by one person. It blows my mind. So I had to play the first song off the record that got me into them, which was Gish. And the song's called I Am One. Um, I also saw them earlier this year. It's at my first chance to ever see them when I... I saw them at the Oracle Arena. Never saw a show at Oracle before, which was awesome. Interesting. It's a good venue? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. nice. I, it I, seems so big. It it's is. so massive. But it's just so much room for sound, though. And yeah. they have the equipment to do it upright. Yeah. You know, it's not like some shoddy venue. I mean, everyone once a year should go go see a show at or- Oracle. It's worth it. It really is. Um, bold statements. Bold statements yeah. here on Pyre Radio. Right. Bold, bold moves out here. All right, so also I want to give a, um, I'm going to give a little shout out real quick, but I also want everyone out there listening to, to, to Pirate Radio, you have an opportunity this week that you did not have last week, and you can show more patience this week than you did last week. We only have one supposed small rotation on this rock, and you need to make the best of it. So here's what I want everyone out there to do today. I want you to learn from someone. I want you to teach someone. Woo. Tell all the people around you that you love that you love them. Sing it. Sing it. It's pretty basic. I want to give a shout out to my daughter, Charlotte, and my girlfriend, Day, Sister Valor. And I want to thank you, Rome, for letting me come on the show. Beautiful. That was fucking fantastic. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm like, I'm really self-conscious because I feel like this show has gone much better than like any of my previous shows. And I'm not even doing anything. I'm like, doing all the work. So I'm like super self-conscious about this. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for coming on. 
Dude, you guys don't understand. You know, like two months ago when I said I was going to do like the profiles, Ross and I have been trying to coordinate this for the better part of a decade. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so it finally happened. Right. I'm like so glad, you know, he's in the station. I know he loves this place. This place ah. is really, really nice also. Just so everybody knows, yeah. uh, BFF FM, we're located literally in the hood of Cap Street. Yeah. But once you get inside, it's a little, you know. It is. It, it, I've <laughs> actually walked into a Philip K. Dick detective novel and it's a time warp it's like walking into the 1930s in this place it's It's really cool do androids dream of electric sheep without right the tech you know (laughs) and for those that don't know what he just said that's the book that became blade runner that is the that is the blade runner book (laughs) right i i've got to say original blade runner is great new one that came out ryan gosling man you know i love you i fucking love ryan gosling I'm not I'm not queer. I don't identify as queer, but I would suck that guy's dick. And like fuck though, he fucked up Blade Runner. Damn, they really fucked that up. They really fucked it up. The sequel really fucked it up. But just read just read the original. They were too. trying too hard. They were trying way It too also hard. was too long. It was yeah, it, and it was too long for no reason. It could have been that story could have been told in a, a more condensed exactly, version. Exactly, exactly. There were some great visuals, great effects, but damn, dude. Ryan Gosling, you're killing me, dude. Right after Drive, like, Drive was a banger. It was really Drive good. Drive was a fucking banger. And the music, the new retro wave, like, yeah. they created, and then, well, they didn't create it, but they, like, popularized an entire genre of music by having Ryan Gosling and Drive. It is insane. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, but, yeah, I digress. And that's a whole other that, show that's we a whole. Do. That's a whole separate show. Right. We, need, we need a new retro yeah. wave show. I actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for that because it's super 80s. Like, it's very 80s. It's like renovated 80s music have you seen baby driver by the way i have not is that any good i've we could do some stuff we could do a show just on the music of that movie and how the music is such a central character interesting really well i mean obviously music is used for so many different things in a movie whether it be a background and additional character how it can be used to tell the story this movie it the music is literally written into the story it's so integral uh integral excuse me Quentin, Quentin Tarantino told this guy, uh, Edgar Wright. Is that, Baby Driver a Quentin Tarantino film? No, it's Edgar Wright. Oh, that's right. But Edgar Wright, he, like, he's really into there's, music. There's not enough of the N-word in there for it to be, for it to be a Quentin No, he went to Tarantino and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct, I'm going to write a movie, and I'm going to write it to the music. And Tarantino said, I've been trying to do that for years, and you can't do it because there's no guarantee you can get the rights to these songs. Oh, and you might have to edit it. You might have to substitute it. You might have to make it longer or shorter. So based, long story short, Edgar Wright eventually did it. He he pulled this off, which is amazing. And how the music in the movie is such a main character. It's it's unbelievable. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. We gotta we're gonna start having Ross on every month. For, uh, just <laughs> we'll so you try. guys know. Just so you guys know. Be ready for this guest star appearance. I am looking for a co-host. Right. So. <laughs> nice. Uh but yeah, just on your note about Everybody learning something, everybody teaching someone something. Yeah, it's a good mantra. It's always good to keep in mind. Yeah, like shout out to my parents out there in in Sugar Land. Uh, I hope you're getting the money that I'm sending you because you stopped calling, which I'm guessing you are. are. (laughs) But uh, shout out to my parents. Shout out to all my roomies. Uh, And as you guys know, I lost a friend recently this past year. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I still think about him a lot. We did a show dedicated to him. Like, please go back and listen to it. He was a great guy. Uh, I just shout out to his parents and his family make sure that they're doing all right. And then to all my listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for taking this long lunch break to listen to me talk shit and curse uh, and to just like 
being interested and being engaged. And, you know, thank you for that fucking 10k donation damn it like that was, that's nice that was sick right. i'd never have to pay dues again right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah let's uh let's take it out let's take it out we've got about 10 minutes left we, that's enough time for a few songs yeah i got let's, a couple uh, I, got a, I got a couple more let's uh let's play some bangers what are you gonna what are you gonna queue up for us um i also want to uh, remind everyone that uh in two days, it will be May 4th, which is also May the 4th be with you. But on that day, I want you to all remember MCA and play some Beastie Boys. Also of anniversaries this month upcoming is May 17th, which is when Chris Cornell would, would have been gone two years. So I want to give a props up to that one. Um, after my mantra on my show, I always like to play a positive song after I try to give a good, you know, a nice mantra. What a heartwarming motherfucker. Yeah, you try to. You know, I try to <laughs> dedicate the show to all the service industry workers out there, keeping all the everything fresh and smelling good for everyone and i like to play a positive song and this is one of the most positive songs i've heard recently um you i know that when i tell you who this is you're going to be like this is going to be horrible first of all <laughs> pop music is not that horrible you know if it's done right just like anything else we were talking about you just got to find the right the 10 percent that you like so this is beck who by the way is from san oh, francisco whoa Beck is my fucking boy, okay? Anybody who says Beck is horrible can come fucking fight me right now because I love that guy. My co-host on my on my radio show, she has Beck's sh shirt. Beck used to work at the um, Amoeba Music in San Francisco. What? Yeah, and his shirt that says his name, my, my roommate has it. My co-host has it. Holy fuck. Yeah, he's from San... I mean, I don't know where he was born, but he spent time in San Francisco. So, yeah, he, he so. actually like... He doesn't tour a lot now, but when he did start his last tour, which was like, what was that? That was maybe half a year ago, maybe a year ago. The first place he played was the Independent. Oh yeah, the, uh, that's right. It he was. Started, it's the his last album came out last year that was yeah. called Colors, Colors. By the way, yes, which yes. is a great record. Um, this isn't on that record. This is actually off the Lego Movie Two soundtrack. What? And I'm. <laughs> I'm a humongous no, Lego fan. He's showing me a Lego tattoo. Dude. Right. Your boy, is, your boy is in the Lego game, yeah. seriously. And the music is great. I mean, they won a Grammy for the first one. Uh, Tegan and Sarah and the Lonely Island both won Grammys for the first Wait, song. the Lonely Island boys? Yeah. They fucking are making real music? Like they, they, they always make real music. Well, I mean, like, okay... Come on. Subject matter doesn't like, mean it's not real. I mean, touche. You can be singing, touché, I just had touché. sex, but when you have like Le Kendrick Lamar singing it with you, touché, it's legit. Touché, right. Because I fucking love the woman. I love them. Dude, I'm on a boat. What was their. T Pain, I'm on a boat. Dude, I'm on a boat. Yeah. Jizzed in my pants. Jizzed in, in my pants. pants. Was their like first, first. Dick in a box. Dick in a box. Gold. All Lazy gold. Sunday. What is. That, that that was the. That, that was actually the first digital short, was Lazy Sunday with Chris Parnell. Really? Yeah. And that was the first YouTube video ever to go over a million. No fucking This is way. the first YouTube video. Yeah, it was, Lonely it was actually... Island Boys. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. I'm and for the people who don't know what the hell we're talking about, Lonely <laughs> Island, it's Adam Sandberg, Kiva, and Yorma. And, uh, you know, they put out the movie Pop Star Never Stop Stopping. Very They're funny. Also on Saturday Night Live. They're yeah. also uh, Saturday Night Live crews. Adam Sandler, uh, Adam uh, Sandberg. Sandberg is the last one still there though right like, I, no they're all left. gone they're all gone yeah he I went guess on, lonely he, island really blew up on yeah. saturday night live like, he went on to do crazy. brooklyn 99 the other yeah, two do some more brooklyn producing yeah i could play so much of their music i think it's hilarious they just it's put like me in a great mood weird al you know? it is uh, it's like it's a it very much it's so definitely new generation and well, like if when when the when weird al 
parodies your song, that's when you've made it. When the Lonely Island says, hey, Michael Bolton, hey, Justin uh, Casablanca, you know, if you want to, can we do a song with you? That's when you know you've made it. Damn, that's wild, boy. So this is, so on the first Lego soundtrack, it was Tegan and Sarah and the Lonely Island, and the song was Everything is Awesome. Everything is awesome. Anyway, (laughs) I love it. And this one is called uh, super cool. Oh yeah, I do know that song. Yeah, I do know it's that super song. catchy. I do know that fucking song. They also have all a, their songs are catchy. They like, have a song on this album called "The Catchiest Song," and it's all about how the song is. No, I'm sorry. It's called "This Song Will Get Stuck in Your Head." It's brilliant. Yeah. Everybody, please, if you take anything from this, like from this show tonight, fuck all that love each other stuff. Lonely Island boys <laughs> are in it. Yeah. You know. So this is Beck. With Robin, who's an English pop singer. And oh, all, Robin! Hell yeah! Dude, and also the Lonely Island. Stuff. You're playing some good stuff. All right, we got enough time for two. All right, this is a short one, too. So this is uh, Super Cool by Beck, Robin, and the Lonely Island. This is Pyro Radio.
Let's wander slowly through the fields Slowly, slowly through the fields I touch the leaves that touch the sky Just you and I Through fields of joy All troubles slow Hey guys, uh, thank you so much again for listening in. This is Christo Midnight with Rocker Smooth. And you guys are listening to Pyre Radio. Don't forget to tune in to uh, The Balcony on Radio Valencia, Thursdays, 10 a.m. to noon with me, Rocker Smooth. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community. Good afternoon and good luck. Yeah, man, this <laughs> place is dope. I had such a great time. Yeah, thank I look you forward so much to for the coming next one. In. We're going to have him on every month now. Everyone <laughs> right. just fuck him up. Fuck up his email. Fuck <laughs> right. him up at Mission Bar. Just be like, I fucking loved you in uh, Empire Radio. Thanks really for having me on. Him. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for being on. See you guys. <laughs>